I am sitting virtually across the screen from Jenny LeFleury, who is the Chief Accessibility Officer for Microsoft with the recent stopping support of Internet Explorer and the switch over to Edge. I use it now and I'm actually starting to like it quite a bit. And I know it's based upon Chromium. Tell us how all that kind of evolved if you can. So one, I'm really glad that that's what you're seeing and experiencing with Edge. I am using it and have been using it for some time. We always internally you know, dog food the products before they come out. It is a, a different foundation behind Edge and it is built on the, on the Google Chromium infrastructure. And uh, that's been a great partnership and has allowed for some quicker development and some functionality that we, we think will really help folks. The great news is that accessibility was just absolutely woven into the design process right from day one. We've got an incredibly passionate team that's been doing accessibility for quite some time. And so they've really been working on it and driving it forward. And if you stay on top of any of the, the blogs uh, that are out there, they, 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 do, they share quite a bit, which is awesome. You can stay in touch with all the different features um, on Edge. And it's got simple things like read aloud embedded into it as well as full support. So it's, uh, what, are you, what are you enjoying with it? Tell me. Just the ease of access that it uses. It feels very much like IE in a, in a lot of senses, which I enjoy because I use that for decades. But I do, I will tell you though, and just from a personal note, I miss my Alt-A to bring up the favorites list. Oh, good to know. Okay. I do okay, miss being able just to easily navigate that favorites list from the get-go because it was nice to import it from IE. I do miss that. <laughs> miss that keyboard shortcut. They've done a bunch of work, you know, supporting underlying access. You just basic stuff from high contrast, text scaling. Uh, it's got closed captions embedded because it's hooked into the ease of access features. It's got the same shortcut keys, so we haven't changed those. Clearly, we've got some work to do. Game on. So yes, it's 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 one that I think will continually improve over time. And uh, I always watch what this team's up to. I've been using Narrator a lot over over the other speech engines and uh, been finding that it works very, very well with that. And it's just a matter of getting used to, it's a learning curve, but it's nice to know that it's a, it's a soft learning curve. It's a, it's a more flat curve. So with the recent development, with the COVID-19 pandemic response and, and the work from home orders that have been placed upon, you know, across the nation and are slowly being lifted, one of the things that we've, we've turned to in the community and across the workforce is the work from home environment, obviously. And Microsoft Teams has uh, come to light as one of the conferencing platforms and, and work platforms. Can you tell us about that? What improvements have been made in response to that and specifically about the accessibility functionality within Teams? Just to talk about COVID for one second, I think 2020 has not exactly gone as planned. I, I think Seattle, we were the, you know, the first epicenter for this uh, thing. We've been working at home pretty much since uh, the, those early March dates. I think some of the things too that we've definitely been learning through this period, you know, part of my team runs the Disability Answer Desk, which is the, the free support environment for folks with disabilities. That team has taken well over 200% increase in calls from folks. And I encourage you to keep calling, right? We're, we're staffed and ready and armed and managed. Uh, ready to, to handle volumes. And I think that became an incredibly important resource pretty much overnight during this thing as folks were learning what technologies were available to me, some folks who were very new to technology, but needing it as physical accommodations were removed and really using that time to invest in skills. I, and I would say, you know, as I look at that volume, 
There were several products that became incredibly important, whether it was Microsoft Edge, Narrator, and some of the, the features with the needs of access, and also Teams, which is one of our communication environments. We have several. We have Skype, we have Teams Free, and then we have Teams Enterprise. And each of those are suited uh, for, depending on what your needs are, whether you're in uh, a company and you're leveraging Teams uh, as part of your business, that's really the enterprise version. If you're setting up meetings and um, you're wanting to chat with friends through Teams Free, or, or Skype as well for family and friend conversations. So there's a suite of different products available. Teams, I think the good news is that we had spent a lot of time as this thing came out a couple of years ago with our Blind Low Vision community internally within Microsoft, really sitting down every day, every week with the teams, engineering teams, collectively, collaboratively working through the accessibility of this experience because it is a different experience. It's not just a video uh, conferencing platform. It has a lot more features and functionalities embedded into it. It literally includes the ability to view and edit office documents within it. It's got what we call Teams channels where you can group and converse, converse with a you know section of folks. I'm on maybe 50, 50 different Teams channels, which reduces the load on my inbox because it's less email and I just go in and check when I want. But you can you can have chats and conversations and um, all manner of, of, of good stuff and sometimes silliness, which is always important. So it's a completely different cognitive model than just calling into a dial-in number. And that did mean that we had to take a step back and really think through the usability of this, particularly for folks depending on audio notifications, as this could get pretty quickly overwhelming. And I think the, the work that done then stood us in good stead as we came into COVID. It does, what I would say with Teams is to invest a little bit in learning the environment, because again, it has so much more functionality to it than just a, you know, I'm going to get on a call and listen to some folks as it's so much more wealth in there. And also know that we're continually improving it and taking the feedback on navigation of certain things and getting those bugs and features addressed uh, pretty quickly, which is the joy of Disability Answer Desk. Anything you flag there goes straight into our systems and straight into how we prioritization of our bugs. So uh, not perfect, but it's come a heck of a long way and it's a, it's a pretty rich environment. So I'd like to kind of go a little bit nerdy here. A lot of our people love gaming, love games. So yeah. what type of accessibility do you guys have either worked into or looking to the forefront in Microsoft's gaming systems? I love games too. I, I do think gaming's actually been another one that's seen a massive boost through this period as people turn to different sources of entertainment in this stay-at-home, work-from-home world. Gaming is super fun. And if you haven't given it a go, it's, it's really well worth. I would say gaming is, uh, particularly for Blind Low Vision, I think there's some really good start you know, basic stuff in there and also some fun stuff that can take you to the more advanced. And then there's a lot more still to go. The Xbox has really taken accessibility in incredibly seriously. They've embedded uh, the core of Narrator Magnify into that uh, operating system. And so the features that you get used to in Windows are also within the Xbox. And that's really important is that you know, your, your navigation between the elements becomes almost one core there. And then our job on top of that is to ensure that the games that we produce and the games that we partner with studios on then embed and leverage those features. And that's where I'd say we've come so far, but I think we've got more to go. I, I will say there's some amazing advocates out there that have helped guide us through some of the journey. I do watch a guy uh, called Sightless Combat, which is his tag, and, and it's Combat with a K. And he always produces the best. I, I mean, watching him play, I, I mean, I, I consider myself a, 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 well, 
No, I wouldn't consider myself a good gamer in any way, shape or form. But when I watch him, I realize how terrible a gamer I am because he would completely knock the socks off me in any game that I, I would pick up. <laughs> And, and he really does have this fine-tuned understanding of, particularly in some of the fight games, of the the, you know, the nuances and the audio nuances, which as a deaf person, I'm never going to pick up on, you know, what indicates where someone is and, and how they're performing. So there's a lot more still to be learned, I think, but it's, it's a very important period. And for folks with mobility, I clearly have to call out the adaptive controller. This is a dedicated first-party controller we designed and built for folks with mobility, which has been out there now for uh, you know, just over a year and, uh, well, a couple of years, sorry, and just phenomenal impact within that environment as well. So an area would... De- if you would be so kind as to give us ways to get a hold of Microsoft Disability Team, either through email or through phone support. Disability Answer Desk, guys. Uh, check it out. It's open 24-7. It's, you know, depending on the country that you're in, there's slightly different numbers. So just uh, put it into your preferred uh, search engine, like Bing, and it will bring up the, the right details. It's chat, phone. For our deaf customers, there's also an ASL direct video option. But it really is the best way to, uh, to get hold of us. And that's where if you need assistance, guidance, if you've got ideas, things that you want to see improved, any and all of that is, is what we need. I'd also encourage folks to check out the website, microsoft.com slash accessibility. That's where we put all of our governance and keep that pretty up to date with all the, the stuff that's coming out. Is there anything you would like to leave us with today? If I've learned anything over the years in this role, it's that there's always far more ahead of us than there is behind us. And, and I think in this community, we all know that, but it's, it's a very real thing. COVID has taught us, I can't tell you how much in the last few months, and will teach us a lot more, I think, before we're done. And if we've made any improvements over the years, it's because of the feedback that you guys have given us. So I would just say... You know, if there's something that you're seeing, please get it to us. If you want information, please let me know. I'm also on social media. Bring it on. We really do want to hear. I want to hear. And I think we can accelerate this journey by doing that. We've seen that. And we really appreciate ACB's partnership in that journey. In fact, I don't think we would be where we are if it wasn't for ACB. And so just deep appreciation for folks and all of the goodness that you help us with. And hopefully we can return that favor as we move forward. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me today and to speak to ACB. And thank you so much.